Hi, and welcome to the Church Unlimited podcast. Church Unlimited is a vibrant, Bible-based church in North Lakes, Queensland, that is passionate about helping people discover the genuine love of Jesus. If you're currently looking for a home church, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship. For more information about our Sunday service or to find out how we can best help you, head to our website at churchunlimited.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message from Sunday service. Well, today is Father's Day, and I love Father's Day. I think Father's Day is such an important uh, part of celebration. And it's a bit of a, you know, it's becoming a, a place where it's like, can we celebrate Father's Day? Isn't it sad that, you know, we actually find ourselves wondering, are we allowed to celebrate Australia Day? Are we allowed to celebrate Mother's Day and Father's Day? Isn't, isn't everything all like muddled up and mucked up? And, and to be honest with you, in this house, we celebrate Australia. We love this nation. We honor and thank God for this nation. And whether it's the 25th of, 26th of January, whatever it is, I'm not even from here. I was close enough. Or, you know, and same with Mother's Day. We honor and celebrate our mothers. And on Father's Day, we honor and celebrate our men. And I love that Pastor Ray celebrated our single mums. Because, mate, I just, I just think single mums are some of the great heroes yep. doing a job um, that, that really they weren't designed to have to do. But for one reason or another, they're carrying their families. And I just commend you. I think that is awesome. But today I do want to speak on, a, on the topic of Father's Day. And to all of our women in the room, if you could catch what I'm trying to say, I think that's important. And to all of our men, get it. Don't be a hearer of the word. Don't let it go in one ear and out the other. Come on. All right. Well, I want to talk about the prayer of Jabez. Now, I'm a little late to the prayer of Jabez party. I understand that about 15, 20 years ago, there was a big fad getting around Christianity you know, we had purpose-driven life, and we had the prayer of Jabez, and we had the little books, and people put them on their nightstands, and they prayed through the prayer of Jabez, and I was just a bit stubborn in those days and didn't want to participate with that. But God has been speaking to me significantly out of the prayer of Jabez, and we've been praying it through in our Wednesday morning prayer meetings, and I'll be honest with you, I think it's extremely powerful. And, you know, the thing about Jabez is we literally know nothing about Jabez. Who is this dude Jabez? The Bible doesn't give us anything about the before or the after. It literally just gives us two verses and says, well, that'll do. And I want to read it over you. And then I want to break it down because, you know, whatever we know about Jabez, I think is found in these passages of Scripture. It says in 1 Chronicles 4, 9... It says, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. That's a very unfortunate name. And Jabez called on the Lord God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory and that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I might not cause pain. So the Lord granted him what he requested. What an interesting, random passage of Scripture. There's so much happening in Chronicles, and we just get that. What's the point? 
And I really felt God speaking to me about that passage. And I want to break it down line by line and, and give you some of the things that I think God's saying to us out of that passage. Are you ready? It starts with, now Jabez. Now, you're like, okay, so? Well, let me say this. Jabez was a man. Jabez was not a woman. Jabez was a man, and he wasn't just an ordinary man. He was a man who took responsibility for his family. And I'm here to tell you this morning, if there's one thing that the world needs today, it's men who step up and take responsibility. I think we've watched the role of man decline over the years. Uh, Our society has sought to erode what it means to be a man or masculinity. In fact, we have now seen men so confused that we become so passive and we literally fail to step up and take responsibility for our families. So many men are afraid to be men. We're afraid to be manly. We don't know what it's like to be manly. And, and, and if we start to uh, burst out with manliness, sometimes society tells us, no, get back in your little box. We want you to be nice and safe. I've been told recently that the Australian Defense Force has actually been changed in its name to the Australian Defense Organization. And, and, and so it's not the, the ADF, it's the ADO. And we've shifted from a force to be reckoned with to an organization. We're very, very organized. <laughs> when other countries want to go to war with us, we say, stop. This is not in our organized little plans. We've really sought to reduce anything that is strong or aggressive or, or even masculine And we reduced it down and we want our husbands to be nice guys. Can I tell you that one of the fruits of the Spirit is not nice? There's actually nothing in the Bible that says men or women should be nice. It says we should be kind. But sometimes we have this idea that we should just be nice people that just keep to ourselves. And can I just tell you, I think that's not true. In fact, in our insecurity, so many men run away and hide. We hide in our work. Because we don't even know how to do life. We don't know how to do relationships. So we go into our our work, which we think is our only purpose, and we hide. We hide in sport. We hide in recreation. We hide in our man cave. You know, the wives come around and they go, hey, can you come out and engage with the family? Get off your phone. So many men hide. And it comes from a place of insecurity, and insecurity comes from a lack of identity, and we don't have a clue what it means to be a man or a man of God. Through our insecurity, men have become extremely domineering. I I personally believe that feminism today has come as a major, major pushback against men for operating in a domineering and oppressing misogyny throughout the centuries. And we've seen this. Men have absolutely squashed women over the years. And it's wrong. And I think it makes God mad. Men have sought to control women. 
to oppress women, to box women into their specific roles. We don't allow them to pursue their dreams or go to university or, or to do anything significant. No, you must do the thing that we said you should do. In fact, it wasn't even until the 1900s that we uh, gave them the right to vote. Because, you know, men, it's my right. It's my, it's my authority to tell women whether they can vote or not. What an arrogant way that men have treated women. In fact, I'll tell you right now that nobody has done more for women's rights than Jesus. Jesus is the great liberator of women. I want to draw your attention back to Genesis chapter 1, because Genesis chapter 1 is really important when it comes to understanding how men and women work together. It starts in verse 26. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Men and women were created to be equal in the eyes of God. Men and women were created to have dominion over the earth, not that man would have dominion over the woman. And we have seen misogyny and insecurity in men seek to keep women broken down in their nice little boxes. And feminism is really just the retaliation from the years of all that garbage. Now, to be honest with you, I wish that we didn't need feminism. But I'm pretty glad that we have it. And feminism seeks to bring the pendulum back to center, except the problem is it's gone way past center. As men have been way past center in domineering, society has now sought to disarm men and break them down to the point that they have no real strength anymore. And, and really, we just need to go way back over here to insecurity and passivity. And sometimes it's almost felt wrong to be a man. It's almost felt wrong in society to get angry or to have righteous indignation or to be intense. We now struggle to define what is male. It's like, what is a man? What, what is male? You know? And, and it's you know, evidently gender fluidity and all that kind of stuff is, is really, you know, at the forefront of discussion in our society today. We're terrified of the word masculine, so we have to put the word toxic in front of it. Toxic masculinity. When the reality is, I think that God created us to be men. And it's so important that we understand what that means. Nobody shows us what it looks like to be a man more than Jesus. Now let me say this. God is not male or female. In his likeness, he created them both. But Jesus came to us as a man. And was introduced to us as a man. And we see him as such. And it's so important that we look at the life of Christ to get an understanding of what it means to be a man. 
Jesus was so confident and so sure of himself as the Son of God. And yet he walked in the most beautiful humility. Jesus was all-powerful. He could work miracles. He could literally make demons tremble in fear. And yet he was meek, which is strength restrained. He knew when to be powerful and he knew when to hold it back. Jesus was so kind and so gentle, which are fruits of the Spirit. But he was also ferocious and got angry at injustice and told us to apprehend the kingdom with violence. Jesus was strong enough to endure the cross and soft enough to weep over the state of Israel. He could stand tall in the face of his accusers, Caiaphas and Pontius Pilate, and he could stoop down into the dirt to exonerate a woman caught in adultery. Jesus was so purposeful and so hardworking, and yet he knew when to withdraw into the secret place to engage his father. He knew when to turn on, and he knew when to turn off. And Jesus didn't sacrifice Sabbath. He knew Sabbath was important. Jesus is the perfect man and is our great example as men. And so when it says now Jabez, what it's saying is now this man, human man, male, Jabez, took responsibility for his household. It goes on to say he was more honorable than his brothers. Wow. That's the very next thing. This man was more honorable. Jabez operated with honor, with integrity, with character. While his brothers were out compromising, Jabez stood strong. While his brothers were out manipulating and politicking, Jabez chose to operate with purity of heart. While his brothers were out pursuing selfish ambitions, Jabez stood in the gap for his family. We need this. We need men of honor. We need men who walk in honor, who will honor the Lord and how they live their lives, who will bring honor to other men, and who will bring honor to women. It is our joy to honor and prefer and to serve one another. We don't domineer over. And then it goes on to say, his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Somebody needs to talk with her. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow, why are you naming your kid Apple? What's with that? <laughs> what is it with women naming their kids these weird names? Jabez was born in pain. So much pain that his mom even named him that. I think Jabez was a pain. I know that when I was 18 years old, my mom said to me, James, you are too much. You are a pain. You need to get out of the house. And she kicked me out because as a young man, lost and insecure with no identity, I was just too much for my mom. 
I know that a lot of men have stories like this, where we, our lives are fraught with pain, either the pain that we've caused others or the, the pain that has been caused to us. And with pain always comes shame, whether it's bankruptcy or divorce or kids that don't talk to us anymore or whatever it is, men can be a bit dumb. And in our dumbness, we can cause a lot of pain. But the thing I like about Jabez is Jabez doesn't let his hardship or his pain break him down. He uses it to get built up. And I think that this is so important that we as men understand that whilst our life might have had the label of pain over it, your past does not have to define your future. And we actually need men who are able to look at our own pain and our own shame and rise above it. So often we actually look at our own pain and our own shame and it makes us angry with ourselves. And then we love our neighbor how we love ourselves. I think so many people are, are, are rude and and angry and aggressive in this life because they're actually at war within them themselves because they can't overcome their own pain. But Jabez, he allows God to work in him. He doesn't take that label. We need men who understand that God's building us and that we are a work in progress. And not one of us is righteous, not one. In verse 10, it says, Then Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, I like this. Jabez cried out to God. Jabez was a man of prayer. Jabez clearly knows God. Notice it doesn't say, now Mrs. Jabez. Jabez's wife cried out in prayer. I love that. It says, Jabez, a man, a male, an honorable male with a past cries out to the Lord his God. Come on, we need men who, who will take responsibility for the spiritual climate of their household. Jabez wasn't just one of the guys. He wasn't just an attender. He wasn't just a coffee maker or a band member. Jabez wasn't riding on the coattails of Mrs. Jabez. So many guys just ride on the coattails of their wives' faith. Oh, no, honey, you raise the family and I'll go be the provider. No, he took responsibility to cry out to the Lord, his God. He was a man of prayer. He was a spiritual leader and he took responsibility to lead his family into the things of God. Then he says, oh, that you would bless me indeed. I love that Jabez didn't just leave his life to fate. Jabez cries out to the Lord his God for blessing. Amen. It reminds me a lot of Jacob wrestling with the angel, saying, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I think this is so important. Jabez is not like most men. Most men think, ooh, I need to wake up early and get to the office. Jabez wakes up early and gets to prayer. Most men say, oh, no, I, I've got to go to work. I've got to work a long day today, honey. I've got a lot on. I need to do more hours. But Jabez says, no, the Lord is my blessing. The Lord is my provision. The Lord is the one who takes care of the needs of my household. I better get on my knees and cry out to him for his blessing on my life. When most men are leaving the, the house 
at dawn to go to work, Jabez is probably on his knees going, bless my house. Bless my house. We need some men who will let fight get in their spirit that says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless my house. We've got to cast off all passivity and allow something in our spirit to arise that says, I want the blessing and the favor of God on my home. And that's not my wife's responsibility. It's our joint responsibility as co-laborers. Jabez had a generational inheritance through the lineage of Abraham that was available to him. He was a son of Israel and cried out to the God of Israel for the lineage blessing to be on him. Well, Paul teaches us in Galatians 3.13 that we can do the same thing. He says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become the curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That's me. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Come on, it is time to cast off passivity and apprehend the promises of blessing on our families. I have got to stand in the gap of faith and fight for my family's blessing that is in my inheritance through Christ Jesus. Oh, but then he goes one step further. He doesn't just pray, bless me. He prays, enlarge my territory. Jabez knew how to pray the prayer of more. Jabez knew how to take ground for more. Jabez wasn't just content with his little lot in life. Jabez didn't just accept it all. Jabez took responsibility for the more. Come on, is there men in this place that would say, God's got more for my marriage. God's got more for my children. God's got more for my finances. God's got more. He's got more vision for my life. He's got more for me. And I take responsibility to apprehend it. God, enlarge my territory. Enlarge my thinking. Oh, your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. God, I got a little pea brain. Help me to think like you think. Help me to see like you see. I'm tired of just being pathetic and seeing this. You've got so much more for me. Enlarge my territory. Make me bigger. Now, we're currently in a season of taking ground. You know, August. Every August is taking ground season. But what about September? And October? And November? It's like, I'm full of faith. The preacher preached me up. I'm ready to take ground in August. But September? September is camping season. And October, well, October is like, we're getting towards the end of the year. And, you know... December is, you know, it's Christmas time, and it's holidays, and January, well, you know, everything's closed in January, and February, well, i got to get back to work. Do we have seasons of breakthrough, or do we have men who take responsibility for the more in their family that says, enlarge my territory in April, in June when it's getting cold, in July when it is cold? Just enlarge my territory all the time, Lord. I don't want to be comfortable. So many of us, we we cherish comfort as though that is the pinnacle of 
God's gift to us. I've often found that most things that God has for my life are on the other side of hard. And I need to keep battling and taking ground. What does it say? Oh, that your hand would be with me. Oh, that your hand would be with me. Jabez was desperate to have the hand of God on his life. I'm desperate, God. Don't ever take your hands off of my life. What does it say? He is the, the potter and we are the clay. And then in his hands are on my life. He's building me and he's shaping me and he's developing me. Don't ever stop, Lord. Let the hand, the hand of God sounds like the hand of favor that goes before me, opening doors and opening opportunities for my family to step into. It also sounds like the hand of correction. The hand of correction. What does Romans 2.4 say? It says that his kindness leads me to repentance. It's actually God's kindness to me to correct me. Can I tell you, my prayer as a man is, God, let your hand be on my life. Let your hand of favor, that your favor goes with me as I go into this meeting, as we go to meet with the owner of this building to try to buy this. Let your hand be on me. But my prayer is also correct me. I'm not afraid of your correction. I am a father, a father who loves his sons, disciplines them. And so I go, God, you are my loving father. And according to your kindness, you're leading me in repentance back into realignment with who you are. Don't ever stop working on me. Don't please don't leave me where I'm at. I don't want to stay the husband that I am. I don't want to be the father that I am. I want to be better. I want to keep being a better brother, a better preacher, a better father. I want to be better. Keep correcting me, Lord. Keep adjusting me, because in your adjustment, I grow. So many people think that God's correction is punishment. Can I tell you right now, that's not true. God's not punishing you. What does it say? It says, perfect love casts out all fear, for fear involves punishment. God's not into punishment. When God corrects us, He's always correcting us with the future in mind. He's never punishing me for my stupidity in this moment. No, he's saying, James, come on, mate. Come on. I'm taking you up. I'm taking you better. I need the correction of God. I do. I'm stubborn. I'm a hardhead. And the Lord knows it. And in his faithfulness to me, he'll sort me out. I belong to the Lord. I want his hands on my life. I want his fingerprints everywhere in my life. I want people to go, oh, look at him. Look at James. Look at his marriage. You can see the fingerprints of God on that. Look at his kids. Can you see the fingerprints of God on him? I want people to look at my life and see his fingerprints and say, wow, the Lord must be good. The Lord is true. He's faithful. Then he says that you would keep me from evil. That you would keep me from evil. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Because he pursued honor. Keep me from evil. Lord, I want your holiness. I know that we're under grace. But I don't just want to get away. I don't want to get out of jail free card all the time. I want to be, I want to be a man of righteousness. I want to be a man of honor. 
I want to be a man of truth. I want to be a man of purity. Purify my heart. Keep me from evil. I don't, I'm, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. I don't want to be a part of the world. I don't want the world's ways in my ways. I want your ways, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Keep me from evil. Keep sexual stuff out of my life. Keep, keep sinful things and temptation out of my life. Protect me from the devourer who's prowling around like a roaring lion. Protect my household, God. Yeah. What a man who could pray that. Keep me from evil. Keep me true. Keep, keep your ways my ways. In fact, I give up my ways to have your ways. And it says that I might not cause pain. Jabez knew that his story could be turned around. Like Jaden. The video we watched... Telling the story of how I'm a mess, I'm an alcoholic. I'm like, how could anyone drink that much? That is a significant quantity of alcohol. And God has turned his life upside down. And where he used to be a pain, God's working in him and building him to be the to be the dad that he's supposed to be and to be the husband that he's supposed to be. And I'm sure he drives his wife crazy. Because I drive Paula crazy. But God, keep working in me. Don't stop. Bless me that I would be a blessing. What's the opposite of being a pain? That I'm actually a blessing. You could go from being a manipulator, a taker that people avoid, to being a giver. This is what the blessing of Abraham is. It says, I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And in you... All the families of the earth shall be blessed. Man, I used to be such a pain. I was such a taker, such a manipulator. But now my prayer is, God, use me to be generous. Use me to be a giver. Let, let people want me to be around. God, I, I pray. Like it's, I scratch my head sometimes. I go, man, people keep coming back to our church. I'm like, why? We're pretty ordinary around here. I just slapped my own butt in front of all of you. It's one of my great moments. No. I'm a work in progress. God's working on me. But I just pray, God, let people come to Church Unlimited and be blessed. This church is not about what I can get out of you. This church is about how we can be a blessing to you. And then if you could get a hold of this, God could use you to be a blessing to someone else. So it finishes with, so God granted him what he requested. Wow. What an abrupt ending. You've got a guy crying out to God for all this stuff. It's not even its own verse. It's just the tack on of the verse before. So God granted him what he requested. What a simple and powerful prayer that God heard and responded to. And of course he did. Because God is true and God is faithful. He is faithful to his word. It says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, 20, 
for all the promises of God in Him are yes and amen to the glory of God through us. All of His promises, everything in here, we just believe Him at His promise. Yes and amen. Not yes and maybe. Remember when you were going to ask that girl out in primary school and you, you said, you know, do you like me? Yes box. Maybe box. No box. God doesn't have a maybe box on the card. It's yes and amen if it's His promises. We need men like Jabez who will step out to apprehend the blessing and the favor of God on their lives, who will take responsibility. And the good news is, this is not just for men. God's word is applicable to everyone. But I'm just taking the masculine version of it because today's Father's Day. I just think, what a powerful prayer. We've been praying this prayer through in our Wednesday morning prayer meetings. And I want to pray this together as a church as we get ready to close. And I want to pray this over you, but I want you to take responsibility now for your own household. Could you stand to your feet? We're going to pray this together. And I've got a whole bunch of slides on the screen that will help us to know what to pray or how to pray. But, but can, we, can, we, can we do this together? What does it say? It says, now Jabez. I think it's so important to insert your own name. Because Jesus died for Jabez, but Jesus died for James Hensley. And this word was the word to Jabez, but this word is the word to James Hensley. And so it's so important that we personalize it. Come on, would you respond in your own way? I, James Hensley, choose to take responsibility for my own family. Come on, in your own way, just start to verbalize your own name. You're just, I, I, this is me. I take responsibility for my own family. Here we go. Next one, thanks. Was more honorable than his brothers. This is the prayer. Father, cause me to be honorable. Cause me to be strong in the face of circumstances and compromise. Cause my life to honor you. Cause my life to be pleasing to you. God, I choose to be a man of honor. Come on, in your own way, would you just start to tell the Lord, I choose honor. I choose to be a man or a woman of honor. I choose that my life would bring glory and honor to the Lord. Oh, that is the cry of my heart. Here we go. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. This is the prayer. I thank you that you're working all of my pain together for your good. I thank you that my past will work together for your glory. I thank you that my testing will be my testimony of your faithfulness. Come on, would you pray that out? Would you just, come on, even if there's been moments in your life, maybe you've been through a bankruptcy, maybe you've lost a child, maybe you've lost a marriage, maybe you just, you, your life has been a calamity. I, I don't know what your story is, but God does. And your past does not have to define your future. Right now, I just want to encourage you to surrender it at the foot of the cross. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over every weapon that has been formed against us. I thank you right now where our pain in the past does not have to define our future. I thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper. I thank you right now that the labels of old, divorcee, depressed, anxious, 
Uh, I thank you right now, bankrupt, poor. Lord, whatever the labels are that we have labeled ourselves with that have caused us pain, we thank you for the grace of the Holy Spirit that washes that junk off of our lives where you've been labeled rejected, outcast, naughty boy, where you have been ridiculed at school even. I thank you right now that our past does not define our future in Jesus' name. Next one. And Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, come on, this is the prayer. Father, you are the Lord my God. I surrender my life to you. I submit my life to you. I call on you. Hear the cry of my heart, O Lord. I thank you that you are hearing me because I am your son. You are my father. And we honor you as such, O God. Next one. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Come on, cry out for the blessing of God over your family. Start to bless your household. Start to bless your spouse. Start to bless your children by name. I thank you for the blessing of God that is upon me. I thank you that I am favored by the Lord. I speak blessing over Paula in our marriage. I bless my children. I bless you, Judah, and I bless you, Jolie. I bless you, Jemiah, and I bless you, Yana. I bless you. I bless my money. I bless my, my health. I bless this church. I bless that the blessing of God would be upon me. Oh, that you would bless us, oh Lord. Next one. Enlarge my territory. Come on, start to pray this through. God, I thank you that you're making us bigger. You're enlarging our faith. You're enlarging our perspective. You're enlarging my vision. You're enlarging me, God. Make me bigger. Make my thinking bigger, God. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. Help me come up to your level of thinking. I'm not inviting you down into my little level of thinking. No, you're making me bigger. You're enlarging my thinking, God. Forgive me for where I put you in boxes. I break those boxes in Jesus' name. You are so much bigger than I could ever imagine. And you have so much more over my life than I could ever, ever perceive. Lord, we thank you right now that you're enlarging my vision. You're enlarging my purpose. You're opening my eyes to see like you see. Lord, make my family bigger. Make my family bigger. God, I know that there would be people here and they've been believing for miracle children. Lord, we come back to your word and we say your original commandment was that you would, that you would be fruitful and you would multiply. And right now, in Jesus' name, I speak fruitfulness and multiplication. That you're enlarging families. We believe for miracle babies. Lord, we've seen you do it before and we will see you do it again. We speak right now the enlargement of God over our finances. We thank you for the enlargement of God over our properties and over our investments. We thank you, God, that you are increasing us in Jesus' mighty name. Next one. That your hand would be with me. Oh, God, don't ever take your hands off. Don't ever take your hands off, Lord. Everything that I have has come from your hand. Everything that I am has come from your hand. You are so faithful to me. By your hand, you provide. By your hand, you shape me. By your hand, you correct me. Oh, God, I'm not scared of your correction. I'm not scared of punishment. I actually say, come and, and lead me. Make me better. Make me better. Make me stronger. Keep, in, 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 keep helping me to become the man that you have called me to be, oh, Lord. 
I want your fingerprints to be evident over every area of my life. I thank you that the fingerprints of heaven are evident in every area of my life, that when people look at my life and they look at Church Unlimited, they're going to say, oh, the Lord is good. Oh, the Lord is faithful. Look at what the Lord has done. Look at that guy. He's a nobody, but the Lord has favored him. We receive your favor and your hand upon us, oh God, that you would keep us from evil. Come on, we speak right now the protection of God over our households. We speak right now that no evil, no weapon formed against us will prosper. We speak the protection of God over our families and over our marriages. We speak the protection of God over our children. We speak the protection of God over our money. We thank you, God, that you are delivering us from the evil one who is plotting and ploying to hurt us. But we thank you, God, that we stand tall, knowing that you deliver us from evil. God, we thank you that you're delivering us from temptation. I know that there would be people in here today, and you're wrestling temptation. You're wrestling addiction. Even as Jaden was wrestling alcohol, you've been wrestling things that are trying to kill you and destroy you. And we take authority right now in Jesus' name, and we break off every choking spirit that would try to stifle your life. We break alcohol. We break pornography. We break drugs. We break gambling. We break off right now every weapon that would be formed against us. And we speak right now. There are no accidents or mishaps as we are under the protection of Almighty God. Almighty God's hands are on our lives that we would not cause pain. Oh God. God, let your word in our hearts become a testimony. Use me, God, to be a blessing to others. Lord, I'm sick of being a taker. I'm sick of manipulation and politicking. Lord, I thank you that you're using me to be a blessing to others. You're using my family to be a blessing to other families. You're using the pain of my old life to bring hope and glory as people know about the goodness of God. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that the blessing of God is upon our church. And as you're blessing Church Unlimited, all the churches in this region will be blessed because of the blessing and the favor on Church Unlimited. Our council will be blessed. Our local, our local politicians will be blessed. I thank you that our economy is going to be blessed. That as the church rises in the glory of God, we're going to see influence in our community like never before. We thank you, God, as our testimonies have been blessed. Lord, that you're going to use our testimonies to bring hope and glory and salvation to others. We bless it in Jesus' name. And we believe that God granted him what he requested. Come on, would you receive it this morning? We receive it by faith. Amen, amen, amen. Yes and amen. We thank you, Lord, and we trust you. We trust you as faith comes into our hearts. We trust you for your word to be released in our families and in our lives. We receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Come on, all of our men, would you just lift hands? And if you're, if, if you're the other gender, there's only two, put your hands on, a, on one of the guys nearby. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are so faithful to us. God, every one of us would feel inadequate. We would wrestle insecurities. We would wrestle identity at some level. But 
you are always so faithful to us. All of us are weak. None of us have it together. Paul says, I've learned to boast in my weaknesses because when I'm weak, oh, you make me strong. Right now I speak a grace that comes upon every man in this room. Whether he has children or doesn't have children, whether he's a young man or an old man, there is a grace coming upon you, son. There's a grace coming upon you. And I just dispatch the grace of heaven to come and strengthen you in your weakness. That you would be strong and courageous, man of God. That you would be mighty in the Lord. That you would be a man of God. That you would be set apart under the things of God. That you would be a man of honor. That your life would be pleasing and honorable to the Lord. I loose that in this place. And we thank you, God, that Church Unlimited is going to be known for men that stand for their families, that stand for the things of God. We are going to be men of integrity, men of righteousness, that choose holiness, that choose purity, that chooses to make the Lord's ways our ways. We receive it by faith in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Today's Father's Day. And I'll be honest with you, none of us would even have a clue what it means to be a father if it wasn't for Father God. Jesus actually says, hey, hey, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and there is no other way to the Father but through me. And Jesus invites us to make his ways our ways and his truths our truths and his life our life so that we can know the Father. And I'm aware that so many people live without identity because they don't know their father. I know because I was an orphan for so long. I didn't know who I was. I was, a, I was just a walking disaster. And Paula didn't fix me. God has worked in my life. Maybe you feel like you are just a, a calamity. Maybe you just feel like you're, you're here and you don't know who you are. And so I'll tell you, it's because you don't know your father. And I'm telling you, I've been journeying with my father for 23 years and it's changed me. I, my relationship with my earthly father is all over the place. I've thought that I had spiritual fathers, men in my life. But reality is my father has always been the Lord God Almighty who has been so faithful to me. And I wonder if there are people here and you would say, James, I don't know my father. I, I, need to, I need to call on Jesus and invite his ways to become my ways. And I need to surrender my life to Jesus and allow him to reveal the father to me. Yeah. I need to get saved today. I need to give my life to God today. I need to meet my father. Maybe we could just bow our eyes and or whatever, bow our heads and close our eyes. And could you just make a moment here? I don't know your story, friend, but I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that God brought you here on purpose because he wanted to reveal his loving kindness towards you. Oh, he's not afraid of you. He's not ashamed of you. He's not disappointed in you. He just wants you to respond to him. And I wonder if there would be people here on this father's to say, I need to meet my real father. I need to meet my heavenly father. I need to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, we can pray in just a moment. 
But just so I know who I'm praying with, if that's you, would you give me a little wave? I'll see your hand and then you can put it back down again. I don't want to embarrass you, but I, I just don't want to close this meeting without providing you that opportunity. You'll know it's you that you need to do this because your heart starts to race and you're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And I want to invite you to take a step of faith. Would you, would you let me pray with you? I don't want to embarrass you. I'm not going to bring you out of your chair. But if that's you and you're here and you're like, I need to do this. I need to pray and invite Jesus into my life. Is there one person that would say, James, I need to do this? Come on, I see your hand. That's awesome. Come on, one woman saying, yes, I need to do this. Know your father. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about signing up to be a member of our church. I'm talking about, do you know your father in heaven? Don't leave this place the same way you came in. Is there one more? Come on, I see your hand. Two, three. Come on, now there's a few more here. That's great. That's great. I don't want to drag this out, but is there one more? Okay. Let's pray. Would you repeat this prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I thank you that you love me. You proved it when you went to the cross and died for my sins. Help me to know you and live my life for you. Reveal to me the Father so that I can know my identity as His son or daughter. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, for those three people, I thank you, Father, that you see them and you knew that they were coming today. I didn't know they were coming today, but you did. You saw them this morning when they got up. And you've been so excited today. Because you knew that they were coming home. And we received them in this house. Father, I ask you that you would come and break the loneliness, break the emptiness, break the addictions and deliver them, God. We loose right now your grace to come and surround them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And Father, we trust you that as you're leading us this week, oh, that you are leading. We surrender our ways. We surrender our leadership and what we think is right for you. Lead us and guide us into your greatness this week. We believe that you have incredible opportunities ahead of us. Bless us as we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, do you believe? Amen. Thanks for joining us. We pray that you and your family are richly blessed by the love and grace of Jesus. If you're ever in the area, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship. 